You're listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Shayna Alverson, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro. And I'm your co-host, Shayna Alverson. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, we are pretty excited to talk about some training and diet stuff today. Not that we don't usually, um, but we're going to be a little bit more specific today because you, my dear, are training for something pretty big. Is that right? I am. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure. I have decided I want to compete at the Masters World Weightlifting Championships, which are happening in Germany um, in October. So first of all, Germany in October, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of a big deal. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Although, you know what I found out is that Oktoberfest is actually in September. (laughs) Huh. <laughs> so that was really- that seems wrong <laughs> that doesn't make any sense i know it's the most strange random like i don't oh. so you're gonna miss it then that's too bad yeah kind of yeah well <laughs> i'm sure there'll be plenty of other fun things to see totally, and do totally. beyond lifting heavy weights while you're over there yeah so um i will be master's weightlifting is like over the age of 35 so I'm in the, I turned 40 this year, so I'm in the 40 to 44 category, mm-hmm. and I'm a 63 kilo weightlifter, which means when I weigh in, I have to weigh less than 138.6 pounds or something like that. And you're usually pretty close to that, right? Like I think you've, you've, you've gotten to a point now where you're hovering right around there on a consistent basis, right? Well, interesting you bring that up, Alex, because before working with you, no, I was not. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> uh, last year, one of the meets I went to, I I wasn't able to make weight, so I had to lift as a 69, but now my training weight is easily under um, 63 kilos, and I've had no problem maintaining that, so. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And that's huge. I mean, just as like a I mean, it's already stressful when you're preparing for an event, but when you have to keep in mind your weight, which at that point, the nutrition side of things is super important. The last thing you want to do is A, be stressing about that during the training, but also like if there is any weight that needs to be cut, that you're not doing anything drastic or extreme at the tail end when like you need to be your strongest, because that just sounds like a recipe for disaster. Um, But a lot of people still do that. Yes, they do. And and actually, um, I know guys that, I think this maybe happens with men more than women, because, you know, you want to be the heaviest you can be, but in the lightest weight class that you can be. Um, And I actually know guys that have had to cut so much weight in water before competing that they'll they'll just, like, pass out. Uh, Yeah, I've actually seen it before. Yeah, it's... Um, well, they're like kind of like crawling to the scale because, yeah, <laughs> you know, they haven't like they either haven't eaten anything or they haven't drinking any water in days yeah. or. And when I used to do wrestling, I mean, we used to turn the heater up and lay our clothes and then spit in cups on our way <laughs> to the meat yeah. just to like spit out any last little bit of weight we possibly could. Wow. Um, not fun. 
And so just a question, because I I have been to a few meets, but I don't remember how this part goes. But when you weigh in, are you weighing in the morning of and then you have to compete like in an hour or so? Yes. Or are you weighing in the night before? Because a lot of events you weigh in the night before. Yep. So in weightlifting, weigh in is two hours before your uh, session is scheduled to to begin. So Mm -hmm. and then it's so your recomp like (laughs) amount of time for you to recomp is it's tiny, if even possible. You don't, you don't have time. It, I mean, you know, a lot of people crush food immediately after weigh in, but then, you know, you may have an hour before you have to start warming up. And that just kind of depends on, um, where your, uh, openers, which is the, the mm-hmm. first weight that you say that you're going to lift where that falls in the session. So, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So in the last couple of meets that I've done, I've been towards the end of the session so if you have a little more time, yeah, if you wait in early, you could have as much as maybe three hours, but you're still going to need to be warming up within two hours of having weighed in. So, right. Well, and you also don't want to like slam down a bunch of food that could potentially slow you down. Correct. Yeah. Like you don't want to go in with like feeling all full and sleepy, mm-hmm. which is how I get if I eat a large meal. Yeah. And you have to think about how much time are you really going to have to get that glycogen back into your muscles? After mm-hmm. you eat the food, right. so if right. you get a big insulin spike, it might make you sluggish, and <laughs> so right. yeah, there's a lot of things to consider. So, mm-hmm. well, I think it could be fun, uh, you know, for you especially being that you've had a decent amount of time now to experiment with the diets and, you know, sort of timing your carbs around your workouts, but kind of playing. And we did this a little bit in a couple of the past the last meet that you had where we were figuring out when you should have your carbs in the days leading up to the event so that you're, you're full, your, your gas tank is full, but you're also making your weight. Yeah. I'm not holding water because yeah, I don't know if, you know, I know this very well and you know it very well, but maybe not all of the people who listen to our podcast know that when you eat carbohydrate, it makes your body hold on to a lot more water. Actually, it's like one to three grams of water per gram of carb. I mean, yeah. It's, that's a, That could potentially be a lot uh-huh. depending on how much you're eating. <laughs> exactly. Which is why we always say never to weigh yourself after carb night. It just, just can be a mind – I don't like saying bad words, but a mind fuck. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one that is completely unnecessary, really. Right. Well, that's the last thing you want right before an event. You want to be on your A-game. You want to be clear, focused, and be worrying about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I actually mm-hmm. had a, a meet. Um, this is a couple of meets back. but I, So I have to weigh in at 63 kilos, and I, I was there early, and so I weighed in at 63 and a half kilos. And she was like, well, you still have a whole, a whole hour, which you can weigh in again. And so oh, I just, nice. I just did a barbell warm up with my sweats on and lost like more than, you know, like more than a whole, I think I ended up weighing in at 62 and a half. So nice. almost a whole kilo that I just sweated nice. out in an hour. <laughs> so. <laughs> or it's like, well, if you haven't gone poop today, maybe you should go poop. Yeah. Well. Or try at least. Yeah. Sometimes that, you know. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Especially if you're dehydrated. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It makes it hard for things to move along. But <laughs> I'm one of those people that like 
See, I knew we were going to end up talking about poop eventually, Alec. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it's it, it's a part of the whole thing. It's the best. Like it's like talking about eating. It's like it's something we do, and it's going to happen. Yeah. So it's the best thing to talk about, really. But no, I'm one of those people that like I don't like to force the poop to come. I like to just let the poop come, and then it's it's, it's effortless. It's pleasant. No, it's not. It's not stressful. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, so, yes, I never force the poop. Never. That's good. <laughs> I feel like this, just because we talk about this a lot, and, you know, for, for those of you who listen in, these are things that we talk about and, and are super important and relevant in, in terms of, you know, helping someone with their diet and finding, you know, what's going to work well for them. Um, because your gut and your bowels have a lot to do with how things are going to work out for you. Um, so with normal client relationships, like poop is a topic of conversation more often than not. Um, so I feel like, and just because I had this conversation recently with the client who has what she calls a shy bladder <laughs> or shy, she's something like that. Um, so she can, you know, she can only go in the bathroom in like her comfort zone. Um, but it brought up, and I don't want to go off too much on a tangent now because I feel like we could save this for a whole episode. Oh yes, oh, on on how we. Okay, I'm not even going to go there because it's going to end up being a long thing. But just side note, we're going to have a conversation sooner than later regarding <laughs> all of you out there in podcast land. Stay tuned because stay tuned. in a future episode right. of Her Body IO, we talk about feces. Yep. In fact, I think I have a really good good guest we could bring on for this who actually wrote a book about poop. Oh, awesome. Okay, now I'm really excited. Me too. Okay, moving on. All right. Before we get too excited about it. Tangent over, we're going to resume talking about weightlifting. <laughs> weightlifting, yes, yes. So you, you, know, you have someone who currently is doing your strength training program. Um, someone I'm assuming specializes in this. Absolutely. How, how did you, is it someone that you knew before? How did you find them and how is it working out for you? What is it like? Um, oh, let's see. So Sean Rigsby does my, uh, weightlifting programming and I know him because for a time I was a muscle driver sponsored community athlete. And he was a lifter for Team Muscle Driver, which I don't know how many people are familiar with what Muscle Driver is or what they, I should say, what they were because they they ended up going bankrupt and shutting down the whole program. So kind of a lot of their lifters just scattered about the country and went to different programs. Um, but Sean has a company called Heavy Metal Barbell, and uh, he does just individual programming for me. Um, nice. nice. Yeah, so I just needed someone to give me something to keep me focused, and he had that service available, and so I reached out to him, and he sends me a like a Google Doc every week that I just work off of. And it's been going well, I'm assuming. I mean, I, I get to watch your videos, and it looks like you're getting quite strong. Not that you weren't before, but yeah, I think it's very impressive. Well. I. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I try to follow the programming as closely as I can, although I have, I have 
a little bit of a stubborn streak and because I've been doing this for myself for so long. Um, so I follow it pretty closely. Um, and my last two, well, the one weightlifting meet that I've done since being on the programming, I went six for six and hit a PR in competition. So actually I hit a PR clean and jerk. Um, it was a PR total for me and a matched PR on my snatch, which is really, was really good. That's impressive. And it was on my 40th birthday. So that was even <laughs> double score. That was even more fun. And I got best lifter and I won sword. So, okay. I think this is a, we should just redo that in October yes. when you go to Germany. If we could just have that happen again. Maybe I should bring the sword Great with goal. me. <gasps> I doubt they're going to let you bring it. Oh, you're you. probably right. And if even if you could get it out of the country, they're not going to let you bring it back. That's for damn sure. Well, Maybe you just take a picture of you with it and then you bring the picture. Good idea. I, so you're like, I do have the sword. It's just not with me now. Yeah, yeah. But you can like channel the sword energy. Yeah. So I've, I've actually, just to talk about mental game a little bit, the last few meets that I've done, um, I've gone into them with the intention of just doing it for fun. I'm just doing this for fun. Mm -hmm. This meet's just for fun. It doesn't mean anything. I'm just here because I like weightlifting. And that's gone really well for me. Um, I just seem to go in the zone. I just go into snatch and clean and jerk mode. And it just works out really well. I think there's a piece of just kind of taking the pressure off a little bit that works out well maybe for my psyche or for my uh, you know, just like game zone absolutely I completely agree I completely and that's something that I you know a conversation I have with my competitor ladies it's like I understand you know we have the goals of going to the show and you put in months of hard work time sweat tears whatever but if you don't get off stage and think that that was like the most awesome thing you've just done, I didn't do a good job. Yeah. I'm like, I want you to get off and be like, that was awesome. When can I do it again? Yeah. Not hate every moment moment of it. So I, I think that that, yeah. that mindset, that attitude is super important. I would just be like, why am I doing this again? Uh, right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So exactly. I, what I'm hoping is that when I do get to Worlds – I'm able to maintain that same, like, you know what? I'm just here. Like, I had no idea I was going to be able to be here because I was dealing with an injury last year and haven't really been training for it that long. And so let's just see what happens and have a good time. Yep. So. Great idea. I like it. Mindset makes a huge difference. I mean, just even within each training session, I mean, especially when you're, you know, you're trying to do things that you've never done before, whether it's a whole new move, um, like when I try to do new gymnastic stuff, or if you're just trying to lift a weight that you've never lifted before, it's super easy to get caught up in the numbers mm -hmm. and overthink it totally. and get scared and doubt yourself when it's pretty, um, pretty obvious at this point that, you know, the, the body is capable of way more than we give it credit for. And I think it, it always tends to show up at the right time. If, if our head is in the right space. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and not only that, but just, you know, you work for months and months and months and sometimes years to yeah. end up at a certain competition. And then if you're so stressed out and have 
put so much pressure on yourself. You can't even enjoy being there and, you know, you, you lose the experience of it, you know, and just becomes this, this exercise in controlling anxiety. And it's like, that's not fun. I want to, I want to enjoy it. So good. I like it. And so you were, I mean, currently you're doing a hybrid of carb night and carb backloading. Is that right? For the most part? Yes. But because my training had reduced it, so I was traveling a little bit. And because my training volume was reduced, I had, I've only done one backload, I think, in like the last three weeks. Makes sense. So just because I, I do want to make sure my training weight stays pretty much within, you know, easy reach of my weight class. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't yeah. become an issue. Right. And I think that's a good point to bring up just A, in, you know, you knowing your body well enough and, and having been working with this hybrid combination of the two for the past, what was it, did we start in like January or yeah. December? Yeah, January. It's been like six months or so, six or seven months um, of being able to experiment and play with that. And so, you know, you're, it sounds like you've gotten to the point where you know when, when you're going to need the backload, how much you should have based off of how you're feeling, how your training is going, and how you're looking probably too. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. And I also um, just started adding carb shock to – Oh, yeah. That's exciting. It is exciting um, to my post-workout uh, shake. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how that goes too. Right, because it could make a huge difference with your recovery without having to add in more carbohydrates. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's what I found. I think we talked about this before too. That's what I found when I was first experimenting with the gymnastic bodies program mm-hmm. was I was trying to stay with my carb night plan and that did not work out so well because the volume was so much more than what I had previously been doing with shockwave protocol. So the adjustment was uh, significant. So first I was playing with more carb frequency and that, that was right around the time when shockwave, or I'm sorry, when carb shock came out. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, ooh, let's see how this goes. And it ended up being like the magic piece of the puzzle. Oh, cool. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that because I, mm-hmm. I just added it in this week. So um, also listeners, stay tuned. Because in a future episode of Her Body I.O., we talk about (laughs) how the car shock experiment went. Well, I'll also be curious to see, um, aesthetically speaking, what changes come. Because that was one thing I was, like, pleasantly surprised with was that was not my goal at all. It was just performance at that time when I was doing that experiment. And it was really cool to see how my body changed. Aesthetically speaking, like what started popping out, Um, my body fat went down, which again was not the goal. It was just like a fun side effect. (laughs) And I mean, we've already seen your body change a lot since we've started. So I'll be really curious to see how that goes. I never Mm -hmm. mind having aesthetic perks that come along with performance perks. So (laughs) icing on the cake. You look hotter. Oh, damn. I wasn't going for that. That's, that's no one ever, you know? <laughs> yeah, shit, I didn't want to look better. Oh, thank you. Yes, awesome. Okay, well, now I'm even more excited. 
There you go. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Superhuman. <laughs> All the fun perks. Well, just like, too, I mean, on the flip side, when I was, you know, going for the aesthetic goal, training for the competitions, the, the fitness and the bikini competitions, even just in doing Shockwave, I was not training for strength, but damn, I got strong. Yeah. And that was super fun. I was thinking, I mean, especially having come from like the old way of eating and training where I was like doing the mixed diet, training way over training. That's in rep. You know, I wasn't going for strength. I was literally just going through the motions, trying to feel the burn. And then when I started doing shockwave, I was like, holy shit, like I'm like really strong. Yeah. Which – And I feel really good all the time. It's so weird. Isn't it interesting? Like something's wrong. How, like how those two things tend to go together. I'm stronger and I look better. Hmm. <laughs> is that a coincidence? It's possible. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that's just knowing, you know, that, that things are, are lining up well, appropriately. I, I don't know about you, but being getting stronger to me is so fun because it's so empowering. And that yep. feeling of empowerment is thrilling. It's addictive. Like, I love it. Mm -hmm. And it's true. I want that for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it just makes you feel capable and it gives you a, a different kind of confidence. Mm -hmm. I actually just like kind of a random story, but, but somewhat relevant is my roommate, uh, old roommate, one of my best friends used to travel a lot for work and we lived second story. So we'd have to go up a, a lot of stairs to get up to like, you know, once you go through the front door to get up to the apartment and, uh, First, whenever she would go to leave on vacation, she'd always have me lift her bag to see if it was under fifty pounds. <laughs> She's like, "Can you can you tell me if if I if I made weight with my luggage?" Because I knew what fifty pounds felt like, so I would lift it up and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're good." <laughs> and then whenever she would come home, she would literally just it got to the like a routine almost to where she would just leave her suitcase at the bottom of the stairs and make you carry and then, it up, and I would carry it up. <laughs> Damn. Because she couldn't do it. And it was a lot of stairs. And it was, you know, around 50 pounds. And it got to the point where I got really efficient. I would basically, like, deadlift it and then push press it over my head and walk up holding it over my head. That is just terrible. <laughs> okay, well, so I would not call that one of the perks of getting stronger. I would call that one of the... <laughs> One of the risks of getting stronger is that other people, people make... People start asking you to carry things. It's true. Yeah. I became like the strong friend. It was like, oh, carry this for me. Open this jar for me. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Again, just, you know, functional perks. Yeah. Well, I love being able to, like, talking... We were going to talk about traveling a little bit, too, I think. Um, but, you know, just being able to rip my suitcase off of the carousel at the airport just with one hand you know you yep. see people like you know back away back away I have to get set up to grab me you know or women have to recruit some dude to come like lift their suit the lady that was sitting next to me on the airplane had to make this boy in the seat in front like put her suitcase in the overhead bin which always just blows my mind like I know all the time. Well, even with men, sometimes that happens. Oh, yeah. And I think some of that too is like people aren't just used to reaching up over their heads. So just like the motion 
of arms overhead can be hard for a lot of people because we're so sedentary and oh, so you're nice. computer oriented. You're being nice now. I'm like, what a wuss. <laughs> I'm like, get out of the way and let me do it. <laughs> no, I do not need help. I will help you. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, so segue on to traveling Great. since we're on the uh, airplane note. Um, and it is summertime, so people are traveling, going on vacations, kind of out of their normal routine. Um, and, and we've talked about this again before on, on other episodes. And there is a YouTube video on the vacation protocol and sort of how to modify the diet so you can still have a good time, enjoy yourself, not risk doing a lot of damage while you're gone. Um, but it is fun to experiment with sort of how you can manipulate the diet side of things. Um, and you just recently did this both with your training and with your diet, just like you had mentioned a few minutes ago, like how you've been pretty co consistent with the carb night, but doing less backloads because your training schedule has changed. Yeah. Do you want to just share a little bit more of what that looked like? Yeah. So I just just overall just tweaked it a little bit based on training volume and that's some of that is just experience like just knowing how much fuel I need for how much volume so that that specific tweak could be a little more difficult but um, you know in the past traveling and trying to make sure you have food while you're traveling or you can eat while you're on the road like a lot of people struggle with that and, mm -hmm. you know, we were actually talking about how people don't want to, they don't want to waste food, but like, so one thing that I did was I just bought at the airport, I just bought a turkey sandwich and it mm -hmm. had like lettuce and pickles and bell peppers and turkey and cheese on it. And it had this giant, like giant bun on it but mm -hmm. I bought it anyway and just put it in because I had like a five-hour flight uh, to get to California but I just only ate the meat and the cheese and the vegetables from the inside of it mm -hmm. and just tossed the bread out yeah it's easy and you know when they came around with their <laughs> you know with their snacks that you can like buy on the airplane instead of you know buying a $15 sandwich that I couldn't really eat you know, I had the meat from that sandwich that I bought in the airport, which one of the reasons I picked it was because it had a lot of meat on it. But and then they come around with their free snacks, you know, like the mm -hmm. <laughs> the flight attendants, and they're like, "You want cookies, pretzels, or peanuts?" And so I'm like, "You know what? I'll, okay, I'm I'll get some peanuts." And they give you this little bag of peanuts, and literally, the the weight of the peanuts is on the bag of peanuts. It's 12 grams. Oh. Of peanuts in one bag, which just roughly a tablespoon is 15 grams. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's less than a tablespoon of peanuts. But she did give me two packs of peanuts. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to need more so than five one. Hour flight. Who do you think I am? So, thank goodness I had that sandwich. And here's the other thing that I did that I, I was kind of proud of myself for being this creative. <laughs> <laughs> but so on the trip out there I have this like um, I have a water bottle which you know you can bring an empty water bottle with you yeah um, on the 
It's key. That's key. I'm like, I will not get on the airplane without an empty water bottle. I mean, actually, I filled it up before I get on the plane, but yeah. I always have an empty water bottle at the airport. Yes. And they not paying $7 for water. You're going through security. They're like, is there anything in that? No, it's empty. The lid is off of it. So, but I have, you know, the swell um, bottles. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have just a generic one. I didn't pay $40 for a swell bottle. I just got like the $12 version at Marshall's or whatever, but it works the same. So it keeps stuff really cold. So what I did was I, I have these like little, um, containers. I forget what they're called. I, I'll try to remember the name and then maybe we can post a link or something, but okay. these little things that like fit under a protein shaker. So it's, oh yeah. Just like screw on. Yeah. So it's a protein shaker and it has a little, you know, it's got the threads at the bottom so you can screw on an extra container that like holds protein. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called like a pro stack or something like that. Okay. So I have like three or four of the little pro stack cups that like attach to each other. So I just put protein in like four different little um, pro stack cups and it's the flavor of it is like s'mores or something, you know, that sounds like it's going to taste a lot better than it actually does. But I like to mix it with coffee. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be on this five-hour flight. I might get hungry. I'm going to want protein and fat. So I brought a stack of the, which fits right in my carry-on, you know, stack of the mm-hmm. little proteins. And then um, at the terminal, after security, before I got on the plane, I got a huge iced coffee at Starbucks with heavy cream in it. Perfect. So I had coffee with heavy cream and I dumped that into the water bottle. So I had my protein, protein shaker, water bottle full of coffee that was loaded up with good fat. And then I was like, how easy is it going to be to just dump some coffee in the protein shaker, a little bit of protein, and I have protein and fat while I'm on the a five hour flight. You know, it's not an ideal meal, you know, as a, like a meal replacement during the day if, you know, you're on your daily routine, but in a pinch, you're still getting protein and fat. Um, so that was my snack on the plane on, on the way on that particular five hour flight, then five hours out, five hours back. Um, easy. Yeah. But a lot of times like there was a boar's head deli, they were more than happy to make me a sandwich. I'm using the bunny ear quotes sandwich, right? right? It's just like lettuce and meat and cheese. Yep. Um, and just roll the meat up into the lettuce, and you could eat that on the plane too. So, I actually had we we recently did a trip uh, out to Omaha and had some weird layovers. Uh, but this the airport in Denver actually had this like a wing place. They had hot wings, yeah, like chicken. Oh my god, it was delicious. But those are perfect too. Yeah, they all have the skin on them. Mm-hmm. They're not. It's not a lot of sauce because it's like it was like a dry rub. Yeah. And then I had some ranch on the side for a little extra fat and then a bunch of celery. Yeah, it's great. perfect. So tips, you know, like, okay, maybe you have to get a little bit creative to make it work, but it's completely doable. Even, I mean, with minimal planning. And yeah. literally, it takes me five seconds to dump some protein into one of those little pro stack cups. And right, just twist right, right. it on and go. So... Yep. And then um, it's just nice to have them at like just in case. It's not something that you have to do. It's definitely convenient and way cheaper than buying anything at the airport. That's for sure. Um, But I mean, you know what you're getting then. It keeps it simple. 
you don't have to wonder like you're ordering something and you're like, well, how much is this? I don't know how much fat is in this. Like, you know exactly what you're getting and how it's going to make you feel. Yep, exactly. Which is important. Mm-hmm. But that also opens it up a little bit too for when you're, you know, you've made it to your destination. You're, you know, depending on what your, you know, your staying situation is like, if you have a fridge available or like even a microwave. Yep. Um, while some, some rooms now have like, you know, if like the little with extended stays where you actually get a little kitchen and stuff. I mean, that makes, does make things easier, but there's also a lot of freedom in just eating out. Yeah. That is way easier than most people think too. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like you can, you just have to be creative. Like Starbucks has breakfast sandwiches and they serve those all day long. I know Mm -hmm. I already mentioned Starbucks once, but I love coffee. So (laughs) I think she really does. guys. I think many people share this. (laughs) <laughs> this love that I have of coffee. So I'm just going to throw it out there. But that's, the other thing that's good about Starbucks is that they're everywhere. It's true. They're everywhere. And they're the same. They're the same. You know what you're getting. There's like no question. <laughs> yeah. So they have those little breakfast sandwiches. You know, there's like egg and sausage and cheese or there's bacon and egg or there's a lot of eggs in general because mm-hmm. it's morning. But, right. you know, just – Toss out the bun. You can do it. You can, <laughs> you can throw the bread away. I promise you it feels so good and liberating. That's I, true. I know, like, you eating the bread is not going to help starving people anywhere. It's only going to make you more likely to develop diabetes at some point in your life. So, <laughs> unless, unless, it, unless it's your carbonate. Right. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're totally right. Like I'm assuming that everyone has read carbonized solution. They understand what the F we're talking about. Like I, I hope if you're listening to this podcast and you have not read carbonized solution first or carbac or carbac carbac loading, right? The info is in either one. What, what, how, how did you find it? Exactly. Like, (laughs) do you know who we are? But if you don't, which, yeah. you know, could happen. Maybe it's their first one. Someone, you know, a friend forwarded uh-huh. the episode because it could be of useful information. Now is your opportunity to go read them. Yes. Get and the book. You could de- you could be, speaking of airplanes, you could be sitting on the airplane waiting for it to take off and download Carbonite Solution on your phone. Like, that's how easy it is to get it and read it. And then it's in your pocket all the time as a reference. It's true. And honestly, I mean, that, I mean, compared to car backloading, it's far, far more in depth. Um, it, it's, it's, there's much more involved in comparison to Carbonite, but Carbonite is such an easy read. It really I is. mean, you could literally read that in, in, an, in an hour or two and well, get, get all the information that you need. And don't be overwhelmed because it's like 400 pages, but the, the bulk of the 400 pages is just this huge reference. Um, in the back of the book, which is almost worth buying the book just to have that reference. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's got recipes, it's got charts, it's got... The food lists are super helpful. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually refer to those a lot, yeah. especially to, to new clients who are just starting out. When they have questions about like, oh, what fruit's okay? I'm like, go page, you know, 53. Yeah. There's a chart. Then you have a pocket reference all the time it's like with you. Yep. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, that was my plug for Carbonite Solution. <laughs> but I'm kind of assuming as we're talking about, you know, how to how to make the 
the this nutrition plan work as you're traveling, I'm assuming that everyone knows roughly what we're talking about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it makes it fun then too to be able to, you know, when you are traveling to be able to go try out new restaurants, new foods that you haven't tried. Um, And one thing I love to do just because I love food and love to eat so much and try new things is I'll scope out. I mean, that's another great thing to do on the plane if if you have Wi-Fi. So kind of scope out all the restaurants in the area of where you're staying. And I'll look at the menus and be like, oh, that would be a great place to be, ULC. Or that would be a, like going there on carb night. Yeah. <laughs> or like, ooh, carb night dessert is going to be there. Absolutely. So it's kind of just fun to like plan things out. It gets you excited. Um, and, it, and it's fun to be able to see how you can really make things work within, you know, whatever part of the diet you're following at any given time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the wings. Like I was very excited about the wing place <laughs> at the airport. Well, I was like covered in sauce. Like. <laughs> You should just be excited about wings in general because I am. What I mean, I'm all the time talking about like, what we are people. We are diet and nutrition proponents who talk about you need to eat more bacon and you need it like butter up, baby. That's right, more butter, more bacon. Put heavy cream in your coffee. Like that best diet ever. What? And then go. Go have some pancakes and cinnamon rolls on Saturday night. You know, like, what? I'm supposed to do this? What? Yeah, I have a client that I've been working with. And, um, you know, I was just, he had kind of a backlog of food logs um, just right before I started working with him. and, And I increased the amount of food that he was eating, like doubled it. And... He lost 10 pounds in like two weeks. And I was like, best diet ever. Eat more food, lose 10 pounds. What? Like, <laughs> so, and he was shocked. He was like, I'm amazed. I can't believe it. Cause... Well, I'm sure there was probably a lot of doubt at first. Like, you want me to eat all of this? Mm-hmm. This isn't going to work. Yeah. And I, I find myself repeating myself to him multiple times because he still is just in disbelief. He's like, this goes against everything I've ever heard. Like, yep, I know. Yeah. It's, but just mm-hmm. trust me. <laughs> just do it. Well, what's funny, too, is I actually still have those moments. Yeah. Even though I've been doing this for, like, I mean, honestly, it's been t- since 2010 when I first started Carb Night. And this was before Carb Backloading even came out. Um, and there's still moments where I'm, like, having my carbs and I'm like, ooh, I think I might have overdone it. Don't maybe I shouldn't have had that last donut. <laughs> nope. But it always works out. The next day I'm like, actually, that was like perfect. Yeah. And sometimes it's been the opposite where I've I've thought that it was too much, and then a day or two later, and as I'm into my training, I'm like, oh wow, actually, I think I could have used more than what I did, thinking that that was actually too much. Mm. Hmm. It's interesting how we get in our heads about stuff like that when it comes to food, yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. Even after all these years. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I was thinking about that earlier that some people, you know, you you tell them what they need to do and it sounds too good to be true. And they're like, no, I can't. You know, like they end up not doing it because they just can't believe that it's going to work. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen a lot, actually, especially with competitors. And maybe it's because there's that like added, you know, 
uh, what's the right word? The, the, you know, the goal is so specific. There's a timeline involved. It's not just like, oh, I want to look good for summer. It's like, oh, I need to look exactly this way by this date. So then there, there are those moments that are going to come up along the way where they're like, no way is this the right thing to do. <laughs> Especially when 90% of the community who is also prepping for the show is doing it completely differently. Yeah. And you're like, it's hard to get out of that that headspace. You're going. Like, against, why are they doing it that way, and I'm doing it this way? Yeah, you're going against the grain, and and everything that conventional wisdom has been telling us for the last twenty years is the reason that there's an obesity epidemic and a diabetes epidemic in this country right now. And you know, it's it's frustrating because everyone has heard it so much so much it's just like ingrained in their brains now and uh i i hope that we can keep keep connecting with people who are open-minded enough to go like all right all of these recommendations clearly haven't worked for me so a plus b equals c let's try something that goes against everything that we've ever heard but we're going to give it a chance because we believe these two ladies who podcast <laughs> and like to talk about poop. <laughs> what other reason do you need? None. I mean, <laughs> that that does make me think of something interesting that I've noticed, and I don't know um, if this happened to you, but almost 100% of my nutrition clients, I once we get through that first readjustment phase, um, I have a hard time getting them to eat enough calories. Like, does that happen to you? Yes. Your clients do that? And it's like, no, seriously, I need you to eat more food and do it like right now. Oh, but I'm just not hungry. And I'm like, I really don't care if you're hungry or not. Just (laughs) eat it anyway. Like, just, just eat, eat more food. You have to. People get scared. No. Mm -hmm. Okay, they learn. They do, but people they usually learn. And to your coach, <laughs> eat the food. Eat the food. <laughs> food is your friend. And then you know, just pay attention. Pay attention to how you feel. I mean, obviously, I don't want you like sitting on the couch force feeding yourself to where you get sick, but because oh. I've done that before. Um, <laughs> early on in my carb night days, got a little excited. Oh. Well, I'm I'm also one to, like, follow the plan to T. So if someone gives me a plan, I'm going to, like, do all the things that it says. Oh, my God, me too. And when I first started, I feel like I've talked about this before on the show, maybe a long time ago. But when I first started, we didn't know quite as much about how women store and release glycogen Mm -hmm. as we do now. So my carb diet's really, like, eat as much as you possibly can. And so if it's on the plan to, like, eat a pint of ice cream, I will do it. yeah. Even if I'm, like (laughs) – bug-eyed at the end like it's so full that it's like hard to lift the spoon you're like I do, i'll do it turning green forcing down everybody <laughs> i gotta tell you i don't have that problem i i pretty much seem to be able to consume <laughs> massive amounts of food yeah yeah i ate like on this past carb night i ate like well I can't eat corn. Like, I don't tolerate corn very well. So 
I told the waiter, like, we went to this place called the Flying Biscuit in Atlanta, which I've been forever trying to figure out where can I get French toast that they still serve it at night so I could have a car. I know. It's really hard. It is. Which more places did that breakfast for dinner? It should be a thing. So this place I got, I ordered uh, the extravaganza, which because I didn't get the grits, they gave me extra eggs. So I had three eggs, an order of bacon, an order of sausage. It came with a biscuit, which I didn't know. And it came with a half order of French toast. And I'm like, can you make that a whole order of French toast? And the waiter is <laughs> looking at me like, uh, are you sure? And so I ate all of it. And then like <laughs> one of the guys that was eating with me, he, he hadn't finished one of his biscuits. I was like, are you going to eat that biscuit? <laughs> He got very territorial about his biscuits. I had to order another biscuit. <laughs> I get I get that way on carbonate though. I'm like, no, these are my carbs. I ordered them specifically for me. You could not have any. But the waiter was like, You want another biscuit? I was like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite parts is when you're at a restaurant and you order things yes. and they question mm-hmm. if it's all for you. Like, yes, I will eat all of the things. Like, oh, you don't. And maybe more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This happened at Baskin Robbins, which I don't know if you have Baskin Robbins. It's an ice cream place. We talked about that last time. Yeah. So they have this thing with the cookie, the cookie ice cream sandwich with the warm cookies. And I I was thinking I was over, over ambitious in ordering the two cookies with the two scoops of ice cream. And then when I finished them, I realized I should have gotten a third. So then I went back and got a third. And she was like, who's this for? And I said, for me. She's like, didn't you just have? I was like, yeah, but I like, need another one. Yes, woman, don't judge me. Just give me the cookie. I need another one. Yep. <laughs> it was perfect. Just what I needed. Amazing. <laughs> Ice cream stories. That's right. We can talk about ice cream a lot. It's actually a really, if, if you can tolerate dairy, uh, it's a really great carbonate and carb backloading tool. Ice cream. Just so you know. For those who want to experiment. Well, who doesn't love ice cream? <laughs> but I, it doesn't always do the best for me, so I don't always do ice cream. But mm-hmm. every now and then it's worth it. Just, you know what? It's summer. I want ice cream. It's carb night. I'm going to do it. Exactly. And I think that that's actually a really good point uh, to like sort of kind of wrap up the episode on is when you are experimenting with foods, especially since now the neighbor upstairs has decided to vacuum huh? right above my head. Oh, I can't you guys hear can hear that? Well. Okay, good. It's like a low rumble. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when you're experimenting with foods, like being able to pay attention to how certain foods make you feel, not only in the moment when you're eating them, you know, but for hours afterwards and then also in the days to follow. It's like, oh, I ate this. I felt good, but it made me lethargic the next day. Or uh, like for me, this is a great a gauge. Brussels sprouts, love them. They fit well within, you know, the plan. I can make them delicious, cook them with bacon. They do make me super bloated, but I wake up the next day and I feel fine. So it's worth it for me to feel bloated for like an hour or two afterwards because I love Brussels sprouts. It's not like I'm going to eliminate them because they make me a little bit uncomfortable afterwards. I'm definitely not going to wear like a super tight dress and then eat Brussels sprouts. (laughs) That's just bad planning. But sort of, you know. And then go to bed. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, But being able to just kind of be in tune in that way with your body and 
your food choices and have it again, having that freedom. And I think that that's kind of like a good underlying message with all of this is the freedom to experiment with food and see how it's going to work for you, how it's going to make you feel, not feel like you need to be super crazy, obsessive, strict about things. Um, and then just make note of it. And it's like, oh, that's how this made me feel. Okay. Useful information. Absolutely. It's not like, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I know we did get derailed a little bit because we started off talking about weightlifting, but. <laughs> <laughs> ice cream cold. I mean, you don't deny the call of the ice cream. You just don't. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, it's about how to make um, this way of eating work for whatever you have going on uh, in in your life. So, and I think that this episode had a theme that the theme is, you know, how to make it doable, whether you're traveling, whether your training volume is variable because you're traveling, whether it's variable just because of things happening in your life, or if you feel like you need to take a break, um, you know, it's so flexible and Mm -hmm. it really can be a lifestyle and not just, right, this is a diet I'm going to follow for six months and then do something else. Right. So, exactly. Great message. <laughs> I loved it. Well, I can't wait to check in again in a month or two as we get a little closer to the event. Uh, see how things are going. Any like fun, exciting, you know, strength gains you've made. Sort of how you're feeling about things going into the competition. So, uh, especially because this is a whole new world to me. So, you know, I'm very familiar with like the competition scene, gymnastic stuff, but this has been really fun and educational for me at least. So if we do another podcast and it's solely for my own benefit, I'm totally okay with that. Well, I'm excited <laughs> to bring that like performance uh, aspect into into the picture, you know, because I do mm-hmm. think that is a complete picture because everybody has different goals, you know, and mm-hmm. and all goals are equal. So, you know, if you're training for aesthetics, that's fantastic. If you're training because you want to win weightlifting world champions, that's, that's good too. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. I'm really excited for you. something for everyone. Exactly. And just because you choose one thing doesn't mean that that's what you have to stay with forever. You can always change your mind. Well, I change my mind all the time. <laughs> well, that's also what makes you a well rounded athlete. Yes, and coach. So there you go. Sold. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Her Body, and we will catch you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Shayna Alverson. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.